Um, in a moment, we're going to read our scripture passage for the day. And before we do that, every Sunday, we have something called the prayer for illumination. And what that is, is it's a prayer that God will make the way, illuminate like a light, illuminate our hearts to hear God's word, to make it known to us, just like a light shines on something so we can see it and know it. So let's pray together before we hear God's word. Christ, you are a light to our path. We pray that as we hear your word spoken today, you would open up our ears and our minds and our hearts to hear. That in the speaking of your word, we might know who you are and how we are to live as your people. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen to these words from Ephesians 4, 17 through 5, 20. It's a lot of verses, so listen carefully. Now I affirm and insist on the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance and hardness of heart. They have lost all sensitivity and have abandoned themselves to licentiousness, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That is not the way you learned Christ. For surely you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. So then, putting away falsehood, let, us, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from, all, from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But fornication and impurity of any kind or greed must not be mentioned among you as is proper among saints. Entirely out of place is obscene, silly, and vulgar talk, but instead let there be thanksgiving. 
Be sure of this, that no fornicator or impure person or one who is greedy, that is, an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be associated with them, for once you were in darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, sleep or awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times, and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. God of light, as we reflect on your word today, guide our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we might know something of you and your great love for us. Amen. Before we dig into talking about this text that Kathy read for us today, I'd like us to take a moment and remember where we've been. Ephesians, that we've been studying this summer, is written to a group of new Christian believers who live in the city of Ephesus. Many believe that the writer of Ephesians is Paul. This new church in Ephesus includes people who are both Jews and Gentiles. In a previous sermon, I parsed out to you what being a Gentile meant. Here's a quick summary. During Paul's time period, the Gentiles were the religious outsiders, the misfits. They were the ones who didn't follow all the religious rules perfectly. However, in the early chapters of Ephesians, Paul writes that these religious outsiders, or Gentiles, are included in the inheritance of God's children. Translation, there are no insiders and outsiders in God. All are welcome, and all are loved. The good news for us in God is that through Jesus Christ, God calls us God's own beloved children. So in today's passage, Paul is getting to the so what 
the therefore or the here's what's next. Paul is saying that because we are God's beloved children, this then is how you should live. The writer gives a list for Christian living. You can't get more practical than a list. It's almost like Paul is giving us bumper rails to these new Christians who are still trying to figure out the game. Here's the whole list, paraphrased into simple language. Hang with me here. Don't lie. Speak the truth. Don't let anger lead you to harm. Instead, be angry, but reconcile with one another. Don't steal. Instead, give to those in need. Don't tear others down with your words. Instead, use your words to build others up. Don't let anger and bitterness take control of your relationships. Instead, be kind and forgive. Don't live with ignorance in the world around, to the evil in the world around you. Instead, be wise and aware. Act according to what God desires. Don't get drunk, but instead, be filled with the Spirit and give joyful thanks to God. That's quite a list that Paul got going on there. Did you notice that each command was a don't and a do, or a no and a yes? This makes me reflect on the way that sometimes we have to say no to something in life so that we can have the space to say yes to something better. We do it in everyday situations. For example, I say no to sleeping in because I say yes to being to work on time. I say no to gossiping because I say yes to working out my problems with someone in person. I say no to working 20 hours overtime so I can say yes to actually being present and rested in my role when I work. I say no to worrying so I can say yes to trusting God. Sometimes we need to say no first before we have the capacity to say yes. And I see this in the list of commands from Paul. Something I want you to think about this week is, what is something that you might need to say no to so that you can say a greater yes to something better? How can your yeses and nos glorify God? So in hearing this list um, from Paul of living, living as a Christian, what else gets stirred up in you as you listen? In our Journey with Jesus Bible study group, some of the people in the group mentioned that hearing this list makes them realize how many of those things they have done imperfectly. And perhaps in hearing it, some guilt can get stirred up within us. After all, I know for a fact that no one in this room has done all of the things on that list perfectly, myself included. So I can't help but wonder, why is Paul giving us this list? Is it to make us feel guilty for all of the times that we have done wrong and haven't followed this annotated bumper guide for new Christians? I don't think that's the purpose of this list at all. 
actually, I think Paul is giving this list out of love and protection to new believers. Many of you know that I am an aunt. I love being an aunt. I have two adorable nephews who live in Nebraska. Being an aunt has some really wonderful perks. I get all of the fun of having kids, but not the same level of responsibility as the parents. Meaning, I can give those kids candy before at bedtime all I want. <laughs> but my sister, their mother, has an even deeper love for those two boys. Parents set boundaries for their children out of love. Now, I can joke with you about giving Jace and Cade candy and ice cream and all sorts of other treats close to their bedtime, and sometimes I do. But my sister knows that this will affect their sleep. A parent gives rules and boundaries out of protection and love. Here's a more serious example than candy. A parent tells their child not to touch a stove because they know it will hurt them. Could it be that Paul is giving this list of commands to us not to inspire guilt, but out of love? Does lying, stealing, harmful words, etc., actually hurt us in the long run? We know that it hurts others. Perhaps Paul is giving us this list for our own protection and thriving. But there's more to this list of commands than simply our protection and thriving. There's something deeper and greater at the source of it all. On the front of your bulletins for this week, you'll find um, Ephesians 5 verse 1 printed. I'm going to read it to you and you can follow along silently if you would like. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God. Imitators. I'm going to need some help from our children and youth, if you wouldn't mind coming up and helping me with an activity as we think about what imitators are. Thanks. To go. Awesome. All right. So when you think of imitators, like or imitating someone, what do you think of? What is what is imitating someone? Copying someone. Great. Any other thoughts? A clone. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I thought we could just do a small exercise where I would give you um, the name of something and you try to imitate what that thing would do. Is that okay? Are you with me? Okay. I'm gonna stand out here so everyone can see you. All right. How about a dog? Can you imitate a dog? Great, great, awesome, good work. All right, how about a kangaroo? Good. Um, a koala? This one's harder, I'm being harder. Okay, <laughs> nice work, Tom. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, how about uh, a bird? A tree? God? Okay, so Paul, in his message today, in this writing today, said, be imitators of God. When you think about that, what do you think imitating God would look like? It's kind of a hard question. What does this mean? 
just what we do here in church. Yeah? Awesome. Anything and everything. What about, what about this? If I'd give Jack a hug, would that be something maybe God would do if God was here with us in person? Maybe. All right, you guys can go have a seat. Thank you for helping me. I kind of threw you under the bus with the last question. I've been thinking about a lot this week as I read this verse, what it means to be imitators of God. What does that look like in everyday life? Um, the youth were great sports in helping us try to figure that out, so thank you. Paul says, be imitators of God, therefore, as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Paul writes that we are imitators of God in the world. In other words, our thoughts, words, actions as Christians, we get to share with the world something about the character of God. As Christians, we're supposed to be different. The way we live is supposed to proclaim something about God's love to us and to the world. We are called to reconcile, to give to the needy, to build others up in the world, to be kind and to forgive, to speak out against evil, and to be filled with the Spirit and filled with thankfulness. Can you imagine a world where all Christians lived in such a way? How different would the world be? Paul gives his readers a, a warning. He writes, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We live in a time, in a place, in a world where evil happens. We as Christians are called not to participate in that, but to expose it and to live a different way. This is a beautiful and daunting task. We are called to be lights in the middle of a dark world, reflecting the light that God first shines on us. We are to be imitators of God. Because we are loved by God, we are to show love to others. Because God is just, we are to work for justice in the world. Because Jesus forgives our worst faults, we too are to forgive one another. Knowing this call, this task of being imitators of God, gives us purpose and meaning in life. Instead of going through each day in a mundane blur, disheartened and distant from the world because of the chaos around us, we are called to be agents of love, hope, and change in the midst of it all, all the while pointing to God from whom we have learned to live. You might say that this call wakes us up with new meaning and purpose in the world and in our lives. Ephesians says this, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. I love this last line, and Christ will shine on you. It reminds me that the work of bringing light into the world 
is first and foremost the role of God. Yes, we are to live into this calling to be imitators of God, but Jesus is, has been, and always will be the true light, and he helps us to be light in the world. This is such good news, because we know we don't have the capacity to do this task by ourselves. This list from Paul is not a do-good, be-better list. It's a call to be who God created you to be through Jesus. You don't have to magically conjure up all the ways to do these things. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, will empower you to do so. His light shines on you, and you are not alone. Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ forever. This verse tells us that God is at work within us and can do more than we can ask or even imagine. Can you believe that? What would life be like if we trusted that God was at work within us? doing more than we could ask or imagine. This week, as you go about your week and continue to reflect on these bumper guards from Paul regarding the Christian life and this invitation to be imitators of God, shining lights in the world, I invite you to keep in mind that God is at work within you, enabling you to do more than you can ask or imagine. If you'd like to this week, um, keep your bulletin with that first verse on it. Maybe put it by um, your, your mirror in the morning when you get ready. And when you look at it, remind yourself that you are a beloved child of God. And God is at work within you to be an imitator of God in the world. So may God, who is able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine, do this work within us. Amen. Let's pray. God, you can do more than we can ask or imagine. And so as we strive to be imitators of you in the world, enable us to love boldly, to act with mercy, and to do justice, so that all the world may see you. Amen.